Hello, Monetization Nation. I once completed a focus group for a company that showed about 70% of their customers did not talk to any other competitor before doing business with them. We found that customers didn't choose the business with the cheapest price or the best features or services. They chose the business with which they first connected. In the past, people would compare pricing and features of many different businesses. But now an increasing number of potential customers just aren't investing the time to do that. It's all about the ease of doing business and the connection we build with our customers. In order to be successful and gain customers, we need to meet our customers' needs and build those connections as quickly as possible. In the last episode, Eric Keating and I discussed three ways to increase product-led growth and monetization. In today's episode, we're going to discuss how product-led growth can help businesses meet the customer's needs for instant gratification. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Let's go back to product-led growth for a little bit. And... Um, I love frameworks and I love numbered lists. We're going to put together a, a framework for your product-led growth. Um, what would that framework be? What would the steps or the elements of, of that be? Yeah, I mean, that's a the thing about product-led growth. Is a lot of a lot of people assume that it's uh, you know if you, you have a free trial or a freemium product experience and you know check the box, you've got product-led growth. It's not as simple as that, and it's not as black and white. It's much more of a spectrum. The 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 shift, and you know, I want to be respectful of the way that you use tectonic shifts. This may or may not be one that you that you'd consider, but um, I think there is this massive shift happening, uh, and it's been happening for a very long time in the consumer world, and much much more B two B over the last couple of years. Is this expectation that we all have from using? You know Amazon and 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 other consumer products that that are completely self-service, totally personalized, all about instant gratification, right? And all of these consumer experiences have have changed the way we as business professionals want to use products as well, right? We're all people, regardless of whether we're working or whether we're we're at home. We're all people, and so these expectations have really started to translate. So you've got. Now you've got markets where some companies are offering trials and freemium experiences, and you can go in and <clears throat> uh, self-service, you know, buy your own monthly subscription to to a piece of software. And then in the same space, you'll have, you know, uh, companies that have been around a lot longer who you, know, you go to their website and you click request a demo, and then you fill out a form, and then you wait. Who you know, depending on the company, it could be days to hear back from somebody, and then you've got to schedule this call, and then you get on the call a couple of days later, and at this point. You've got, you know, you're presented with these these options. If you're going, if you're going and checking out both companies, well, by the time you have a demo with a salesperson with the with the second company, you've already had a chance to be using the other product for a week. You know, you've got companies like IBM with <clears throat> tens, maybe a hundred thousand employees, and you know, hundreds year hundred years old uh, that are making this shift and starting to offer some of their products that have been in market for many years as a freemium or free trial. Um, so, you know, when you see companies like that, now IBM, I think is, is particularly innovative for a very large enterprise. Uh, but when you see companies at, at that scale, 
adopting this approach to to you know, going to market and getting the, the product into the to users' hands, I think that's a sign that this is not just a little trend, right? This is the expectation moving forward. Yeah. I want to give an example of why I think this is so powerful and, and why it, it is the future. It is a tectonic shift. Um, if you ask anybody under 30 how they would find a local business, let's say they wanted to find a local plumber or a local carpet cleaning company, right? How do you think they would answer the question? Like, Google it. Okay, so you Google it and then what? What happened? What do you find? You see uh, the reviews, businesses, right? Yeah, with yeah. reviews. And you look at the reviews. Yeah. And, and then who do you call first? Um. Wow, man. I don't know. I'd probably, frankly, I'm maybe a little bit older. I don't know. I'd call the business. Yeah. So you'd call the business, right? Yeah. And you'd yeah. probably call the one that that uh maybe oh, which, which business do I call yeah, first? Which business yeah. would you? I mean, best best reviews, most reviews. Yeah closest. Yeah. Not, not even the one that's first on the list, right? But the one sure. that's got the largest number of reviews over four and a half stars or something. Absolutely. Like that, right? Yep. Yeah. The largest number of, of good positive reviews. That's probably who gets the first call, even if they're third or fourth on the list. Okay. Let's say that company does not answer your call and it goes to voicemail. What do you do? Uh, I'm not even going to leave a message. I'm probably just going to call the next company. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. I yeah. remember growing up I like that would have been so rude of me to do that, right? That that would that would just be you would never have done that. But yeah. today, that's what most people are doing. They're not leaving a message. They call the first person with the most reviews. But if that person doesn't answer on the first call, most people today, I think, are hanging up, and then they call the next company on the list. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? Another another wrench in that is if if one of these companies has a great website where you can chat with somebody on the website versus yes. calling they're probably going to get the business first because That's right. it's a little sad, but frankly, people don't like talking to people as much as they used to. That's right. They're not as comfortable with it. It's outside their yeah. comfort zone. So yeah. they'll go to the chat first. If, if they went to the website, they'll probably go to the chat first. If they call and they don't get them on the first ring, no message, move to the next company and the business lost them probably forever. Yeah, I did a absolutely. focus group of a company recently, and we looked at a group of their customers and 70% of the customers that we surveyed did not talk to any other competitor, right? Yeah. They were the yeah. only business that they, that those customers talked to. They're not, I remember being young and you'd like call everybody and you'd get the pricing and you'd compare it and and just people aren't aren't investing yeah. the time to do that anymore. It's about ease of doing business. It really right. is. Yeah. Okay. So let's take that trend, that pattern in finding a local service provider, and let's overlay that on top of choosing a software product, right? That yeah. same pattern of, okay, I'm going to reach out. So that company that I helped them do the survey, what we found is the first business that they connected with, they did business with, right? Mm -hmm. it, wasn't the, it wasn't the cheapest price, wasn't the best features or services, it was who they connected with first. So if, if I am the old school company and I require them to schedule a demo and it takes me several days to get the demo, right? Whereas someone else, they immediately let me into the software. I immediately start using it, connecting with it, and I like it. Who's going to get my business? 
Yeah. Right? I mean, hundred percent. Whole old school model does not work period. Yeah. Well, I think one of the other common questions uh, that I get when I'm talking on the subject is, <clears throat> okay, so what does this mean for my sales team? Right. When, when you're in a business that is sales led. So, you know, the, the companies where you do request a demo, get a demo from the salesperson. There's nothing wrong with your company. I'm not trying to say that, right? Like, it's just, how do we, how do we meet users and consumer expectations where they are today? And frankly, this is where they are. So what, what does this mean to your sales team? Um, we have a sales team at AppQs. Uh, you know, even though 90 plus percent of our eventual customers start with a self-service free trial, we do have a sales team. And, uh, you know, the sales team operates maybe a little differently than a traditional sales team would beyond the fact that they're not, um, you know, spending all their time following up on demo requests. Uh, they, they act a bit differently. They act, they behave a bit more like a hybrid between a salesperson and a support person or a customer success person where, you know, our reps know that if they are helpful and they, they, you know, aid our prospects, our free trial users in their path uh, to success, you know, they, that they can be successful with the product, that they can start building some in-app experiences, et cetera, then they are more likely to close a deal. So yeah, in, in summary, um, you know, I think what we're seeing is kind of sales is evolving. Uh, and one of those paths, like I mentioned, is kind of taking this, this approach of being more about support and success in route to, to a sale. Uh, and the other way that that we're seeing a lot of, of sales teams adapt is to focus more on expansion opportunities versus net new business. So taking that initial sale and expanding, you know, horizontally, uh, vertically, et cetera, within within an account or a parent organization. Okay. Can you share with me any stories of companies that have done product-led growth really well? Oh yeah, I mean there are. There are plenty of examples. I don't have the number in front of me, but but a, uh, a pretty solid percentage of all IPOs in 2020 um, were actually companies that that uh, utilize a product-led model. Um, Dropbox is a is a very uh, well-known example. Slack, uh, Slack is probably the the hottest example right now. The fact that you can go create a Slack account. Um, but the, the key here is the virality of the product. You really can't get a ton of value out of Slack until you invite other users, right? Because it's a communication tool. I, I was wondering if, if what your answer, I didn't see the webinar, but I was wondering if the punchline was that it was product-led growth, right? <laughs> leads into a product with the freemium model. Did that radically increase your webinar? Yeah, your I mean, a, a, absolutely. I, I think there's... There are a lot of implications on marketing as well as sales. I don't think it impacts marketing as fundamentally as it does sales, but um, you know, absolutely having a, a very low barrier to entry, like a free trial, no credit card required, that is an awesome, an awesome uh, asset to have as a marketer, right? Because you, you are you have a very compelling call to action, and there's it's easier than filling out a demo request form to start using this product, right? So. Top of funnel volume, you know, expands. You get people using your product. We've, you know, thousands of people use, uh, starting to use our product every month because we have this low barrier to entry. So I, I think that, you know, having a free trial to promote is phenomenal as a marketer. I think where it gets really interesting is um, I am of the belief that I, I don't buy into the whole like focus on MQLs. Uh, frankly, I could generate a thousand, 
you know, low quality leads that turn into no business, or I could take a different approach altogether and generate a hundred super high quality leads, half of which turn into new customers. Right. So just looking at this number of leads you generate is not all that important. Um, what we started to focus on, uh, at AppQs when I joined and what I've been bought into for a long time is marketing. The number one metric we look at is how much pipeline are we generating for the sales team? I, I love this concept of, of going into product-led growth. Is there anything deeper, any other stories or secrets or, or tips or hacks, anything else you could share on, on that yeah. specific vein? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the parts uh, or one of the things that becomes more important in this world of product-led growth, you're going to have higher volumes. You're going to have more data to work with, right? So the number of, let's say you're driving the same amount of traffic to your website uh, and you have a free trial and then, you know, uh, the other company has a, a demo request call to action. You're going to get more leads with the free trial. It's just a lower barrier to entry. There's less friction, right? Um, when you do that, you're going to start to have you know, exponentially more people using your product and how they use your product is very important to understand. So if you are not, if you don't have uh, a data infrastructure to understand, you know, at scale, how are these users adopting my product? Where are they hitting friction points? Where are they getting hung up? Um, you know, what types of users either by firmographic data or behavioral, like what, which types of data, uh, sorry, users are converting at the highest rates, which ones are having the most long-term success without being able to understand that you're going to be at a disadvantage. So, um, you know, this isn't something quick and easy you can do, but if you are, uh, in this type of business already, or thinking about, uh, moving to more of a product led approach and you don't have a data strategy, I'd highly encourage you to think about it. Um, data is not only going to, uh, enable you to answer the long list of questions that I'm sure, sure you'll have as you, as you start down this path, but also open up a ton of opportunities for you, uh, to, you know, monetize your user base better to, to better serve your customers so that they retain longer and adopt more of your product. Um, so absolutely data is, is super critical. And I think the other piece is, like I said earlier about that free trial being part of the funnel now, um, you know, as a marketer, as a salesperson, uh, you have to start thinking about product more than you ever have, right? Like I know so many salespeople who, who have been hesitant about putting one of their prospects into a free trial because they're worried about the type of experience they're going to have, or, you know, they're losing some of the control of the sales cycle. That's inevitable at this point. If you're, if you're not experiencing that now, you will be in five years because I don't think this is going away. So you, you need to be invested in the product experience, understand that the product experience is going to play a role in the sales and marketing go-to-market funnel now. Um, so being great peers to your product managers, to your product leaders, to your engineering team, making sure that there's a strong relationship there, strong communication back and forth, and that you have a voice into the product experience. Um, because a lot of what the product is doing today is kind of replicating or replacing some of the traditionally one-to-one -one sales and marketing uh, communications. Thank you so much, Eric, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, with more businesses offering self-service products, customers expect instant gratification when they look at our services and products. 
Number two, a product-led growth model is becoming essential in today's market as it allows customers to serve themselves and instantly get a taste test to see if our product and services meet their needs. Number three, free trials and the freemium model are great ways to help meet the customer's need for instant gratification. Number four, when customers are choosing a service provider, they often look for the business that will give them the help they need the fastest or with which they've built the fastest connection. Number five, we must eliminate as much friction as possible in our customer journey and create a low barrier of entry. Number six, we need to make sure we have a voice in the product experience. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Eric, listen to part one of this episode or connect with him on LinkedIn or his website, appcues.com. And there's links to both of those websites in the blog post for this episode. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? And please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free monetization assessment of your business or subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. How do you meet your customers' needs for instant gratification? Do you provide free trials? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your product-led growth. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.